Do you think that classical music is not for you and you don't know where to start? Or maybe you're a fan already and would welcome a fresh approach. You've come to the right place. Perfect pitch is for everyone, beginners or experts, whatever your age. Lend Nick Healy Hutchinson your ears for his weekly dose of classical music that will enrich your life. Today marks a mini landmark for Perfect Pitch. I can scarcely believe that I embarked on this little mission in June last year, and apart from a brief break over Christmas and New Year, my ramblings have been rolling out every Monday since. The data tells me that there's a fair chance you may be listening to this on your headphones right now, which strikes me as a bit of an invasion on my part, but also a great privilege. So if you've managed to stick it out this long, my heartfelt thanks and welcome to the 50th episode. It prompted me to look back and see what we've covered, in short, about 180 different pieces of music from about 65 different composers. Today, we're going to start with a sprightly movement from one of Mahler's ten symphonies. The first to be published turned out to be one of the shortest, at under an hour in duration, which is a bit of an irony as it acquired the nickname Titan, but it also happens to be my favourite of the lot. The piece itself is full of the sound of the countryside, not just birdsong, but cattle bells and country dancing. The second movement in the symphony is traditionally a slow one, although of course Beethoven had already broken that convention three times, but Mahler waits until the third movement for that. His second one is a lively passage, and I really can't improve on this description of it by August Beer, who talked of it as transporting the listener to the village pub. It has the title Scherzo, but is an honest-to-goodness peasant dance. The piece is full of healthy realism, taken from everyday life, with purring, buzzing basses, shrieking violins, and squeaking clarinets, to which the peasants dance their stomper. The second movement of Mahler's Symphony No. 1 is played here by the Berlin Philharmonic Orchestra, conducted by Claudio Abado.
One of the truly great soprano voices of the last century belonged to the Italian Mirella Freni, who died a couple of years ago. Her recording of Mimi in Puccini's opera La Boheme with Luciano Pavarotti as Rodolfo in the early 60s remains, in my view, unsurpassed. And you do well to seek out their duet in Act One. It really is heart-melting stuff. But she was also a wonderful countess in Mozart's opera The Marriage of Figaro. The aria Dove Sono is one of the showcase numbers for the countess. Franey's voice has this pellucid quality. No, I hadn't heard of that word until recently either, but it sums it up absolutely perfectly, which brings purity and real emotion to the aria, in which she laments her philandering husband whilst clinging to the hope that she can somehow win him back. The first one and a half minutes are a prelude to the aria itself, and you will know the tune proper is coming after Franey concludes her introduction with an absolutely gorgeous note. Another thing to listen out for here is the genius of Mozart's orchestration, especially with the woodwind. There's a particularly lovely moment when the main tune is linked to its repeat with an oboe which just seems to drop out of nowhere. The aria would survive perfectly well without it, of course, but it's a tiny, inspired, almost delicious in its sweetness few seconds which helps to add to the melancholic message. I marvel at it every single time, and happily, you get to hear it twice. But, oh boy, what a voice. Dove Sono from Mozart's opera The Marriage of Figaro is sung here by Mirella Freni with the orchestra of the Rome Opera House, conducted by Franco Ferraris. Yeah. <laughs> 
When Bach was appointed music director in Leipzig in 1723, he was expected to produce new music for Sundays and feast days. So he set about his task by writing a shedload of cantatas, in the end probably something in the region of 200. And that's a fair amount of pressure when you don't have the luxury of the playback button. Many of them will be familiar to you, none more so, I suspect, than cantata number 147, titled Herz und Mund und Tat und Leben, Heart and Mouth and Deed and Life. Never heard of it, I hear you say, until I tell you it includes the chorale Jesu Joy of Man's Desiring. Everybody knows this lovely chorale, but when it's performed like this, it's almost a comfort blanket. Here it is, sung in the original German by the Choir of King's College, Cambridge, with the Academy of St. Martin in the Fields, conducted by Neville Mariner.
Johannes Brahms completed his second piano concerto some 20 years after his first. He said to have described it as a tiny little piano concerto, whereas it was, in fact, probably the longest written to date. In its entirety, it will take about three quarters of an hour to play, mainly because it has four movements, not the traditional three. I've no idea if Brahms was given to sarcasm, but the concerto is a monumental piece, more of a symphony with piano rather than the usual dialogue between a solo instrument and orchestra. In mood, I'd say it's quite earnest, but the final movement is altogether lighter and happier than the three preceding it. Even if it does end majestically, you don't get into the usual pyrotechnics, which you might expect in a final movement. It's much more about charm and playfulness. I will leave the last words to Alice, as I always do, but let me reiterate my own thanks for letting me in, wherever you are and whatever you're doing. The final movement of Brahms's second piano concerto is played by Emil Gilles with the Berlin Philharmonic Orchestra, conducted by Eugene Joachim.
That's it for now. Thank you for listening to Perfect Pitch with Nick Healy Hutchinson. He'll be back again next week with some more treasures for you. So please do join him then. And you can subscribe to this podcast by clicking on the link below.